Welcome to Growth Uncut, a podcast that interviews different people from around the world to share their views on personal growth. We feel passionately about connecting communities and raising awareness around social justice, humanity and relationships. And today I'm joined by Emma Hands, who works for us at Penal Form Solutions. So hello, Emma. Hello, Sarah. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. It's really nice to have you here and I'm really enjoying uh, interviewing the team and yeah, talking a little bit about why you do the work that you do, why you work for Penal Reform Solutions and your topic of interest, which is um, around young people and kind of prevention. So firstly, Emma, tell me a little bit about your role at Penal Reform Solutions. So I'm trying to think, I first joined PRS now, when was it? Back in 2017, I think, um, when I met you as an intern um, and I helped you on your first growth project at HMP Guys Marsh. Um, And then since then, I've done another few cohorts of internship and now I'm a consultant at PRS. Um, So I do a range of things, really. Um, So I manage the interns and volunteers um, for the programme that we offer them. I help with sort of research, data analysis, um, prison work, communities work and schools work as well. So initially, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, And then I did criminology at uni, stayed on and did did my master's. Um, And then it was through that that we had to do sort of a placement or internship And I hadn't really done much within this sort of field before. Um, And I saw your sort of presentation. I thought, oh, I'll give give that a go to try and learn a bit more. Um, And then I sort of fell in love with it, really. Just sort of the the overall kind of message, trying to give everybody a second chance. Um, And I just think now there's not a lot of support out there for for young people. And just within the ever-changing world, it's sort of it's easier for them to get involved within the criminal justice system. Mm. What do you think uh, young people need at the minute then? So in terms of, I guess, like you say, this kind of ever-changing world, as a young young woman yourself, um, what do you think people need, think young people need at the moment? Um, I think a lot of it is around sort of stability, um, secure spaces, safe spaces, positive role models, and a sort of a sense of direction, I think. Now everyone's... I think everything's just a bit uncertain at the moment, especially with kind of how the last few years have been. I think everyone's sort of at a bit of a, a bit of a loss end, really. Um, and things in today's society they're quite challenging anyway. So I think people they're sort of getting involved with with different things just to kind of get by. So I think sort of having these safer spaces and these people that you can communicate with, go to for support. I think that's that's probably really important. Hmm. And you talk a little bit about role models. I mean, I was I was talking about that yesterday with with some people about the importance of having a role model, you know, people we kind of look up to. So who would you say is your role model? Oh, um, my role model. Oh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> um, I if, if I had to pick a role model at PRS, I'm... I think I might say Carrie-Anne, you know, um, yeah. I do think Carrie-Anne is awesome, but then also yourself, like I've learned loads from you and I love what you stand for. Um, but then I also think in my own life, probably like my mum, my mum's pretty, she's really solid, she's really supportive. Um, 
and yeah she's sort of yeah she's kind of there no matter what sort of whatever's going on she's sort of a helping hand I guess which I think is yeah really lucky that I have that mm. and we talk a little bit about role models don't we and we talk about identity and relationships in our prevention programs so we started off doing interventions didn't we so that's where we met at um at a growth project so we were doing a growth project at guys marsh at the time so that was more about intervention so looking at these kind of principles of growth and looking at how we could brighten those within a prison environment to reduce harm and i guess these principles for those that that maybe don't know an awful lot about them they really focus on building meaning so building meaning in your work and in our relationships helping us cope so having building resources so that we can cope with the kind of challenges that life kind of throws at us connecting with communities so kept connecting on a on a much kind of bigger scale but also connecting to nature and the kind of therapeutic elements attached to nature uh, in our interacting with it and learning new things and experiencing kind of joy and peace and promoting kind of well-being and having freedom so having agency so we've applied some of those principles now to a prevention program do you want to tell us a little bit about it because you've been delivering on it and you've been helping with the evaluation of it as well so tell us a little bit about our prevention work yeah so um in terms of our prevention program it's a course designed to be for participants sort of between the ages of 14 and 16 um and it's it uses our principles to kind of sort of guide and give these young people a chance to kind of reflect on how they make decisions making choices in life relationships um, sort of goal setting all kind of around sort of giving them that opportunity to to sort of grow and develop in in themselves their self-confidence and just providing them with a bit of support I think which maybe I these these particular individuals haven't haven't always had um, so yeah it's just kind of it's giving them a bit of a platform um, to sort of learn and develop really so that they can get some skills for the future and help them help them on the right path I guess. Yeah, and you were involved in the pilot, so you did some of the sessions alongside Carrie-Anne. What were your reflections? So what did you kind of learn from that? I mean, I didn't really know what to expect at the beginning, but I'm, I mean, they just kind of wowed me. They were just really cool. Um, they had great ideas, really passionate, really big dreams, big goals. And I just, yeah, I, I was a bit kind of blown away. I just thought, wow, like these, some of these ideas. And, you know, I don't think when I was that age that I was kind of thinking that sort of big in for my future um and I was genuinely shocked at the amount of information retained um like yeah sort of and it was nice to know that they were actively listening and they had really taken on board sort of what we were saying but no they were a really inspiring inspiring group I guess when you say that that reminds me a lot of our prison work because we you know I find the same in prisons when we go in and we meet people that maybe you would underestimate. Maybe you think, oh, you know, they're disengaged or, you know, they're they're problematic or, you know, they've got problems or, or whatever kind of labels we want to put on people. Uh, but when you kind of, we underestimate the one people are listening all the time, even though maybe when they're not even showing that they're listening, they don't look like they're listening sometimes, but also what people are capable of uh, in terms of those ambitions once you create space where you can talk about it, isn't it? um so we're redoing so we've, we've completed the pilot we've done the evaluation 
evaluations on our website if you want to have a little bit look at it. Um, and we're just about to start a new cohort. So we've got a new cohort of pupils that are going to start with us. Is it next weekend? So we're going down there tomorrow, actually, but it will be the end of February. Okay, end of February. So what are you doing tomorrow? So tomorrow we're going down to basically go and meet um, all the kids and just kind of explain a little bit about what we do. Carrie-Anne, Cam and Kelly are coming with me, um, which will be lovely. Um, and Cam's going to talk about his his kind of story um, and sort of his his growth and development that he's had with PRS. So, yes, we're going down to meet all the kids um, and then we're just going to have a little have a little look round. Um, apparently they've got amazing outdoor space there so um we're definitely going to go and have a look at that and then see how we can use that um for some of the activities that we do brilliant and what are your kind of hopes so in terms of the prevention work that we do what are your kind of hopes for the future i think it's just about i would like to stop it before it happens um i think you know people committing crime now it's so much younger um and it is kind of in day-to-day -day life and it's easy to get wrapped up in it so I think sort of the younger that you can tackle it the better you know it would be great if we can stop people having to go to prison and spend you know spend sort of years in there when they could be meeting these dreams and achieving these goals that they've that they've got so yeah I think it's just about sort of providing them with that space and letting them be sort of and letting them be kind of kids as well. I think now there's so much pressure for everyone to kind of grow up so young. And then again, you, that's how you kind of get wrapped up in in forms of criminal activity. So yeah, so I, it, it's sort of, yeah, prevention um, before before the issue, I think. I think, um, again, when you were talking, it really reminded me of something that um, one, of our, one of our guys in prison talked about last month, which was around... Uh, he spent decades in prison and he said it's just a waste you know he said I'm just coming around to the real conclusion that I've wasted so much of my life and again a guy with loads of ambitions and loads of dreams and really hope this year is, is the year that he gets released so he can start fulfilling some of those dreams but yeah I think it's um it's a real shame I think uh, Ken Robinson so he's kind of talks about creativity in schools and says schools have a tendency sometimes to knock the creativity out of, of kids and you know really like you say those kind of pressures on I guess to succeed but their measure of success is you know is GCSEs is whatever whatever exams we want to kind of be pushing through kids and I think um having you know I've got a 15 year old who's currently going through his GCSEs and kind of seeing the kind of pressure that is placed on him um and I think it's really difficult, isn't it? It's really difficult in terms of that sense of responsibility. Again, what we know about criminality is, is that if kids grow up too quickly and if there's lots of responsibility on them at a young age, that can cause that can cause um, challenges for them. You know, um, like you say, it's really important that they play and they feel joy and they, they get to be kids and don't necessarily feel those responsibilities. But, you know, a lot of the stuff we do in prison is about joy, isn't it? We laugh a lot, I guess, with people because maybe they haven't really had that in their lives, mainly because maybe they've, they've had to take on a lot of responsibility, whether that's helping pay bills at a young age or caring for, um, you know, parents, for example, um, you know, taking on roles that, that, that the children wouldn't stereotypically have to take on so 
so yeah um i love your hopes and i'm really excited about the new program we really want to kind of expand the program into other schools um and really just help help children at this stage um i guess a question around covid because covid seems like a bit more seems like a distant memory um what do you think what impact do you think covid had on young people would you say from your perspective i think it's probably made quite a lot of them quite isolated and i think there's probably a need now where sort of young people feel the need that they need to have friends they need to fit in they need to be a part of something and they're rather than filling those gaps with kind of healthy sort of relationships or friendships i think it's it's kind of a case now of where they're they're fitting into sort of whatever is deemed popular or convenient um to to be a part of something because they don't want to experience the loneliness so i think that's probably why there's more and more young people getting involved in kind of gang culture and um within sort of that criminal activity or even whether that's through you know family members that are that are in in doing different different crime yeah I think it's probably yeah a sense of kind of around not wanting to be lonely I think um and, and just part of that you know they've missed out on sort of normal education those few years and that opportunity for you know if they're playing in the playground and now they're either at secondary school or they've got to make their decisions about about which, what career they want and picking their sort of GCSEs. And I think no one at the age of sort of 15, 16 knows, knows what they want to do. So when, you know, so when they're, if they're involved in criminal activity at that kind of age and they make a choice and they get caught, that's kind of the decision already chosen for them. So then they don't even have that freedom to kind of explore and find other opportunities. Yeah, I think um, loneliness is, I think a lot about, loneliness and obviously we talk an awful lot about relationships and connection and the importance of belonging uh you know in healthy ways but there is a real concern around isolation and loneliness and uh and I guess how that links to hope you know how, how people how hopeful people are about their future I read the other day that young people are the second kind of largest group of people that are lonely so elderly are the kind of top and then goes young people and that just just really saddens me I wonder what you know I wonder what that now looks like and what that maybe looked like 10 years ago but I never really remembered any sense of feeling lonely as a as a child and yet talk a lot about it talk a lot about it um now uh in my 40s um whether that's around the research or the recent reports around it and like you say I think Covid has exacerbated that so I take it you're a Gen Z that's a classic classic millennial talking not knowing what 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 generation it is but are you a gen z i've got no i don't even know <laughs> i don't know actually what year were you born in 1995 <laughs> wow so you are a gen z okay just about mid to late 1990s we get a lot of discussions around Gen Z. I know it's come up in a lot of our research reports recently, hasn't it, in terms of the lack of acceptance maybe around Gen Zs, in terms of maybe questioning how sensitive they are, um, questioning how what their work ethic is, and looking at Gen Zs in quite a critical way. And I don't know, over the last couple of weeks, I've thought an awful lot about Gen Zs and really am quite hopeful about the future based on Gen Z's in terms of their focus on equality 
that kind of activism in terms of wanting to make a difference. Um, and yeah, I just wonder your take on it really. Like when you're reading your findings about what people think about in terms of Gen Zs within criminal justice system, where are you at with it? What do you think? What's your view? I think, I feel like my age bracket is quite varied. I feel like it's one end or the other. Um, I think there are people that are, they've really driven, they know what the career they want and they've they've known the path they want to get there and they are really vocal about it and, you know, really, really sort of engaged and passionate to get to where they want to be. Whereas I do think there are then other people of this age bracket and sort of younger where they have no idea and that it is I think it's this people obviously that it now it's acceptable to kind of be a bit vulnerable and to not be okay and to express your kind of emotions and feelings um but I think that has had an impact on how people then view the younger generation so one point we're sort of telling them that it's okay to to you know to be upset about that or to not you know you can change your mind you can do different careers but then I think others sort of view that as oh you know allowing them to change their mind that's just an easy way out I know especially for my kind of I think back to kind of people I went to school with or you know some of my friends and they've kind of already got their life plan like they've ticked all those boxes whereas now I don't I don't think there's quite as much pressure I think it's sort of going back the other way you know like you don't need to sort of find your dream job by the time you're 25 or you don't need to be married until you're later or people are having kids later and it's kind of it is almost acceptable to sort of put yourself first rather than do what you think society thinks you should be doing Mm. um yeah and what impact do you feel then is that going to have on I'd say criminal justice but maybe more specifically prisons just because that's you know we're in prisons maybe a lot more at the minute what impact do you think that's going to have on prisons I think I mean I think it will have an impact on the staff like staff new recruits I don't know that everyone's whereas before when people are joining sort of the prison service it's for a career they know they want to be part of that whereas now I think it's it's a job so people are sort of trying it out um, or when they are then challenging it, it's kind of these old school views around that. So I think it is creating these sort of barriers between um, experienced and obviously like inexperienced newer staff. I do worry that maybe the younger that people go into prison, the more vulnerable they're going to be because they're not sort of in that life experience sort of streetwise um, position as, you know, some of these long-term criminals that are in in and out of prison all their lives um yeah I do wonder whether it's it they are sort of at more more at risk I think possibly you know just because they on the out on the outside you know we're told it's okay to be to challenge this or it's okay to get upset or you know show your feelings which in you know in prison that's that's not really the dumb thing typically it's kind of you know you sort of keep it inside and you don't let anyone see that vulnerable side to you so what for you then needs to change in prison because there's a couple of options there isn't there you know the young generation come into prison and they toughen up and they they stick to the the cultural rules you know the, the code almost 
or there's something maybe about how we might question the code but what do you feel needs to happen in prisons in order to support people coming into it and finding it a space that is maybe meaningful I think there's a lot kind of around education for all for all ages I think for older people who've been in the service for you know years and years that is they are of the mindset of that you know you toughen up and you get on with it but then I do think you know that they they need to be offered that space that you know it's okay to actually challenge this it's okay to you know, sort of you know if you want to be upset about something or sad about something I think that needs to be offered to them because I think it probably never has um, because it is that kind of stereotypical this is the prison service so this is this is the black and white sort of thing but then I do also think you know that, that it is the prison service and there is a little bit about kind of life experience and just sort of maybe ref- sort of reflecting on how how you deal with challenging situations or how you know these stressful situations are managed um, and kind of the follow-up support that is given I think that's probably harder when it comes to sort of residents in prison I don't I don't know that yeah I don't think it'd be as easy to kind of say you know if you're upset or sad then that's okay Um, I think the culture kind of around that would be more challenging but then I do also think that that these spaces do need to be provided and that 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 support does need to be offered for those people. Mm, Yeah. And in some senses, maybe all people, you know, we talk about kind of organisational culture, don't we? But I think there's a lot of people that may seemingly not think they need that. But it's interesting when you do create a safe space, what you get from it. And, um, you know, one of our guys that works um, with us, in a prison we developed a mental well-being program and he helped co-design it alongside a number of other residents that were at the prison and he kind of created this counterculture didn't he he almost said you know what is okay to be vulnerable and the, the program was was all about men coming together and talking about their vulnerabilities and talking about their fears and their hopes and and what they wanted in life and just opening up and from that point kind of building those relationships where they could be more open and it it shifted the culture you know that's what people talked about which is quite remarkable really uh he was a, he is a remarkable a remarkable person in terms of how he can influence um i'm sure he's used that you know in in negative ways but certainly in positive ways in terms of our work with him uh i think there's also something there for me about like you say, education, but really appreciation or understanding about different generations, because I think, you know, we talk about, let's say, our boomers, um, which are, you know, essentially probably less than my parents' age, you kind of 50s, 50, 60 year olds. It's very much this, oh, you know, you, you don't know anything or I'm not listening to you kind of old man. Um, and I think that's really hurtful when someone has dedicated their whole life and loyalty is something that's really important to to boomers generally speaking or traditionalists um you know maybe even older than boomers I think um I think it can be quite hurtful irrespective of what we're doing the minute we talk about a different generation in quite a disdainful way a lot you know we take that quite personally you know when people have a pop at millennials I'm only just a millennial um but people have a pop at them you just kind of think well you know it's a bit it's a bit harsh um uh 
so yeah I think there is just something there about just getting on the table we don't talk about generation a lot we don't talk about you know how we feel about woke culture or how we feel about raising awareness around equalities more or you know all of these kind of issues associated with generations um and I kind of think if people will talk a little bit more we might get a bit of understanding of how can we harness these skills and these talents from different generations to make a culture that is a lot more kind of unified and collaborative really my last question then so if you had a magic wand to create a more effective system for young people what would your what would your wish be what do you think needs to happen um I think there's probably quite a lot um <laughs> I think sort of at that at that age of kind of GCSEs sort of to you know late teens sort of more opportunity for for legit jobs um and actual you know legal ways to earn money and sort of a sense of I think there needs to be a sense of kind of that, you know, it's okay to actually want to go and do a job and it's okay to want to work. But I think it's sort of about trying to kind of implement like that passion and that you can do something great and you can be who you want to be. And I think just probably providing sort of the younger generation with more life skills in general. Um, I think, I do think a lot of the, you know sort of school curriculum is it's not always beneficial in later life and I do think that you know sort of more there could be more offered that just sort of sets you up for later life and you know especially for like you said earlier you know some of these kids if they're already carers or you know they're probably already doing some of these these things that you don't develop life skills until later um so I think you know if they were better equipped in the sense of, you know, that they have to grow up young. If we better supported that, I do think that that would probably help. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me on Growth Uncut. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about what we do, you can have a look at www.penalreformsolutions.com uh, or follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter and soon tiktok and facebook but not quite yet and we also have our community interest company which is called grow transform belong so again if you want to have a look at some of the work we do there um www.growtransformbelong.com but um thank you much thank you very much emma and uh yeah thanks for listening bye bye <laughs>